evening and welcome back to Brunch with Noreen. I'm really excited to be with you this morning and we'll be bringing you some wonderful guests. In the next uh, 10, 15 minutes or so, it's time for Trash Talk. And this week on Trash Talk, Marcy Trent Long speaks with uh, Stan Shea, who is the manager of Bloom Hong Kong. And we'll find out a little bit more about the Hong Kong Marine Protection Alliance, which is a collective of NGOs and academics that will advocate for the protection of better marine life here in Hong Kong. Hey, Trash Talk listeners. One of the beauties of our Hong Kong home is an amazing archipelago of islands that surrounds us. And with it brings a wide variety of sea life. That sea life faces numerous threats from rampant development, unregulated fishing practices, escalating marine traffic, and marine litter pollution. Luckily, the Hong Kong Marine Protection Alliance, known as the HKMPA, is now officially launched, and it's the first collective in Hong Kong that will advocate for the protection of marine life. I mean, shouldn't the pink dolphins have a representative? Here to explain more about the HKMPA is Stan Shea, the Marine Program Director with Bloom Hong Kong. Welcome back to the show, Stan. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tell us about how you got into this line of work and how it's led to your role today as the spokesman for the HKMPA. Um, I think um, because I have been around working at the Marine Conservation for the past 12 years. So um, I will try to make the long story short. And Hong Kong is actually have a lot like you just mentioned hong kong has um, a lot of islands but also the other thing is our bio biodiversity we it, like think about hong kong a small tiny space like place in the world but actually we have 25 percent of recorded of the whole china marine biodiversity so which is like slightly impressive like such a tiny place, actually we have 25% of the whole record of the whole China sea area. And so, which means there is something like we can do or we can protect or we can think about to protect them if we want to do something. And also on the other hand, we are actually second highest seafood consumption per person in the whole Asia. So, which means on land, like we actually have a lot of seafood demand. So, which means we have something to actual care about. So after studying marine biology at the University of Hong Kong and I start learning, there's something we might be able to do or we can try to protect no matter underwater or even for the demand that we are craving or we are all hungry, we ask too much for seafood. Um, so, and I end up volunteer for Bloom. And then after the volunteer and then my boss asked me, do you want a job? Of course, everyone wants a job, especially these days. <laughs> Nice to get paid for what you love, right? Well, yes, lucky. So end up 12 years working in the same organization um, in a marine NGO in Hong Kong with the charity status. And then um, when we actually before, right before the pandemic and then um, academics, and then also I work with NGO and then also corporate and then also some individual people, they really want have a passion on the ocean. And then when we had a meeting and then they start gathering and then with this Marine Protection Alliance comes up and then 
yeah, I was just lucky being voted as the spokesperson for this year. Well, voted and almost voted unanimously. So it, I think the HKMPA is lucky to have you. And the trash talkers may not know, but there's also a great little National Geographic piece, I believe, on you, Stan, right? Um, that maybe is on the Bloom website. And also Stan represents Hong Kong often in a lot of the international discussions for marine protection of species, right? Um, yeah, I was lucky to be, um, I was nominated as a National Geographic Explorer and I got, um, a, um, I mean, the title. And then one of our projects is actually looking at um, the fish underwater and then the, looking at the geographical distribution in Hong Kong. So the idea is like people, it's similar idea. It's like people want to protect something. First, we have to understand what do we have and then understand what species do we have. We have to understand where are they. So the idea we try to provide justification. Um, if people talk about marine protected area, where should we actually put our marine protected area? So we try to actually do underwater survey to actually understand the biodiversity hotspot. So some place they have relatively more biodiversity compared to others. So we just try to actually set up a baseline. And then it got me into the National Geographic Explorer. So also lucky. <laughs> lucky. So why don't you talk a little bit about that baseline now in current Hong Kong waters? And uh, why is it that protecting the waters or creating marine protected areas is so important? I think... Um, so as we understand, we have 25% of like the marine life, but marine species that record in Hong Kong compared to the whole China area. So we actually value the biodiversity that we have, especially because of pandemic, people start more using country path, more want to getting nature because they're all stuck in Hong Kong. Yeah. And also we see the opportunity. People start looking at marine, well, like marine area, which is using the marine path and then like utilizing, but actually we, have a lot of things that we don't know because like um i'm like a lot of journalists always ask me so do we have more fish compared to before the question is like more or less or it's a relative question and then when i actually do the marine biology in hong kong and i realize one thing is like we are lacking of study actually understand baseline data of what species do we, we don't even understand what species do we have in some of the area and how can we talk about protect them? So that's why we start the baseline survey to actually try to understand what species do we have? And then like we see Hong Kong is part of the Convention on Biological Diversity, which is called CBD. And one of the CBD criteria is actually looking at protection on not only marine, but also on terrestrial. And then they were actually previously saying like, we have to be protected more than 10% of the land area plus the marine area. And of course, now they advocate for 30 by 30, which is by 2030, 30% of the land area and sea area are protected. But if you look at Hong Kong, there are things that we have, we have 40% of the land area actually are protected as a country park, which is a lot of people now understand, why do we need country park? Now they understand, <laughs> and they're all protected. Yeah. But if, you, if we look at the marine side, and so far now, less than 5% of the marine area are actually protected. And if we are looking at either 10% by the CBD that we committed, because Hong Kong is part of the CBD, which is we have to commit the 
and right. then to and the, the and the, for, and for trash talk listeners, the CBD is part of the United Nations, right? Convention on Biodiversity. And yes. Then, and China recently hosted the last meeting, which was kind of a big deal. Yes, very correct. So Convention on Biological Diversity. So we are committed to that. So no matter we are looking at 10% or even that we are like the CBD is trying to doing 30-30, which is by 2030, 30%. So the land already 40% protected. So now we see the opportunity, which is the sea. And then if they really want to do the marine protected area, they need justification. So we just try to help. You try to help. And so that's what the mission of HKMPA is, to um, to try to push for more marine protected areas. <clears throat> at the moment, correct. Mission one, I mean, at the moment we set up the, um, I mean, as a whole, like as a, Join force, and then we are actually one of the criteria we are actually looking at increase the marine protected area because that's something we see that we have we committed and we have to do and we can do better. And but on the other hand, that's the other thing on the mission or objective of the HKMPA, which is awareness. So because I have the um, I have the luxury to do seminar in Hong Kong. When I do seminar in Hong Kong to the general public, it's very interesting. I always ask them to think. I just use one word to describe the ocean, like only one word and to describe the ocean. To general public in Hong Kong, normally they will think about is delicious, fresh <laughs> seafood. Oh, no. Serious, I'm very serious. Like when you ask them one word right, to describe, right. they always think about like... How <laughs> to? Yeah, how to. That's the thing. And then it's just not like they were saying sushi or sashimi. But if we think about Hong Kong, it's like I grew up here, I study here. I don't get to learn about marine conservation when I'm primary school, when I'm secondary school. I was lucky to actually come back to Hong Kong as a, like to do university and then to actually learn about the marine, not until university. But think about the connection of the sea in Hong Kong. It's always about seafood, what they eat, and then what they see in the restaurant, all the tanks and the fish swimming around, that's how they connect it. There's nothing wrong to do with them. It's all about education, awareness, raising. And if you look at documentary in Hong Kong, they really talk about what's the ocean facing, like what's the ocean, the problem. We understand climate change, we see the typhoon, but we don't understand sea level rising. We don't understand like what's the oceans facing the problem. and. Yeah, so that's the other thing. We want to educate MPA. One of the objective is building awareness and then fostering the culture of the oceans, and then to redefine. Actually, it's like redefine the oceans for the Hong Kong people, not just about seafood, but also something they have to think of. And if we look at Hong Kong, it's not until pandemic people not normally go to marine park, and not many divers in Hong Kong. No. So I die because the divers get to see what happens. They see all the plastics, they see all the pollution, all the trash underwater. So trash talk, like trash in Hong Kong water is like amazing that we can find a lot of different things underwater. But people don't get to see because they're not diver. So you cannot ask the people to protect something. They don't even know what's happening or they don't even get to see. So right. it's like out of sight, out of mind. That is the challenge with the ocean, right? Is that it's it's underwater and with the the parks, everyone takes a hike and sees it, right? But with the ocean, you have to either dive, snorkel, 
swim, I guess. But now that the waters are much cleaner, and during COVID, right, at least we've also seen a surge of use, which is really should help with your awareness. I think it depends on area. In Hong Kong, I mean, maybe it's just too small. We don't see the current actually changing and bringing a lot of clean water, like for our dive area. So it's pretty much similar to past years. So maybe in other areas, because less like um, logistics or something, that they might be cleaner. But I'm looking forward to all this research under the pandemic. What's happening? Like to the marine life or even to the nature? Is it better or is it pretty much the same? Mm. Well, listen, it's not just you, Stan. There's um, 17 organizations, nine individuals and three contributing members, right? So who are some of the stakeholders in the HKMPA? So they are also, so we have the 17 organization, which is include NGO on the environmental side. But apart from the environmental NGO, we also have educators. So you can see some of the academics the University of Hong Kong and also other marine institute in Hong Kong, they were actually also helping. Right. And also if you look at um, individual member, they will have people who are passionate. They have running different events, activities on picking up like um, coastal cleaning, picking up trash underwater or, or above water at the beach and then cleaning ghost net. Cleaning that would be the net. individual member. Harry, yeah. Yes, and also yeah. we have some business member Corporate. We always need, like Hong Kong is a business like area and city. We also need different voice and understand what they need or it's not just academic and NGO, also including corporate. And then now we hope to come up something that we can work with the government to actually understand, um, to move forward. Right. And I think the, the important thing to, for trash talkers to also, you know, understand is it takes a lot of research, as you were saying, and a lot of data and a, and a little bit of time to create that baseline and to really scientifically understand how best to protect the waters, which I think you guys are, are doing as well, right? So advocate as well as have scientific substantiation for the advocate. Yeah, we try to actually, you know, academic, they have the scientific terms, jargon, like all this research. We actually try to leverage using those study to bring to general public, to make it more like people can understand. I think in Hong Kong, not until year 1999, the first underwater survey was done in Hong Kong. So you can see there's a lack of like research underwater to actually understand what's happening or even what can be seen underwater. So lack of the research is one thing, but now we have some research, we also need to promote them and then bring it to general public. And that's also the Alliance try to bridge the gap, like bringing the awareness. All right. And now how can trash talkers help? How can we, do you need volunteers, get involved? Of course you need funding, right? Everybody needs funding, I think. But <laughs> I think back to the first question, volunteers. So you can see there are 17 different organizations. It's not just also not just this 17. In Hong Kong, we have a lot of like conservation NGO, no matter it's only for marine or also for land. So for your audience, feel free to look up all this conservation NGO, look at what their program that they're doing, try to actually see if you have time to actually help them. 
And if not, of course, we need resources. Funding is one thing, but other kind of resources, we also need expertise on social media, especially now. So any kind of things that you can help, more than happy. And of course, what I've just talked is all about like helping the organization. But the other thing you can help is like, just don't use straw. I still don't find the reason why people need to use straws and they are plastic. Even they're not plastic. I still think, why do you need a straw? If you don't need it, just don't use it. And especially summer, if you're in Hong Kong, you want to go out for water activities. And especially we don't have all this like, um, rubbish beans in the water. So make sure you bring something, just bring back your plastic bag, make sure they're not flying around. And then that's also very helpful. Yeah. All right. Great words, Stan. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you coming to the show. No, thank you for having me. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. Many thanks once again to Marcy Trent Long for this week's Trash Talk. Trash Talk will be back again next Monday, just after the 10 o'clock news. My name is Noreen Mayer. I'm excited to be with you on this new week.